0: This is how easy it is.
1: You hit record. Yeah, there you go.
0: So we've been wanting to do this with every doctor, and I don't know how, but we got a podcast in with all four of us before we got individuals. So here we are with Dr. Tom. Dr. Tom, let's open this up. We're not going to get, this isn't going to be two and a half hours. This will be a quick one. So if you could tell us a little bit, very quickly, your origin story and how in the world you got to my office.
1: Yeah, so I went to National. It's where all the docs in the office went, down in uh, Chicago, like outside of Chicago. And I was uh, teaching for the MPI club, just like the on-campus, like adjusting club. Um, and you came in like a friend who was just like a member of the club, knew you, mm-hmm. um, and invited you in. And I, I thought it was Molly Harmon, but it was really, I think it was Dustin. It he was works. Dustin. He works down the street. And so he he uh, he just invited you in to teach a day, and um, yeah. So we met then, and, we went and you out were the president of that at, club. at the time. Yeah, yep. And um, so yeah. So I was running the club at the time, and you came in and taught, and then we went out afterward, and just you know got along. And then it wasn't you know it was like another six months or something later, and you called me up like, hey, you want to come out and check out for a week? And uh, I had some other you know job interviews that I was like pursuing, but when I came out here, I just I just liked it and. I just I knew oh, I knew that Crossroads just had like a ton of potential like I knew that it was going to become what it was becoming I could just sense it you know
0: and so as a young student do you think multiple st- is this the goal for a lot of students to work in an office that's modeled like this
1: oh like an integrative model yeah I don't know I don't think so but I think it's just because it's kind of rare uh-huh. you know I mean maybe more are interested in that coming from national because we were kind of at an integrated school. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just always, I just like variety. I'm just so ADHD that I love just, like, a lot of, like, like we have such a big variety of patients, you know, it's, like, my favorite thing. In one week, like, I, in one week, I've seen a 90-plus-year-old, a two-week-old, and a professional fighter in one week, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, where do you get that type of variety in, like, you know? So... It's uh, just keeps it fun, and I think national is kind of the same way. You just, you know, you just were able to learn from so many different, um, you know, specialties, you know? right? Uh, within our school and in Chicago, there was just so many good medical people in in that area.
0: Yeah, you know? it's very different than Fort Wayne.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess in terms of like the specialties, but I, I think that Fort Wayne definitely is like um, has a really like I said in the last podcast, you know, like the health wellness fitness community in Fort Wayne is like really taking off. It is. Yeah.
0: And it seems to be our generation that's doing it.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Like our generation is taking uh health and fitness a little bit more seriously than our parents generation did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Elder millennial. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. So,
1: um I think we just know more than them really. You know what I mean? It's like it just wasn't
0: You're right. Information is infinite.
1: Yeah. To a fault almost, right?
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why we see so much anxiety. Agreed. Remember we talked about, like, we asked our staff if we were going to all four do a podcast together, what would you, what topics would you want us to to come across there or to, to brush up on? And I think Mendy said, can you please talk about why there are so many young people with anxiety?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We didn't get to it last time around. We do need to do a whole podcast on that. It I mean, needs, like, it needs chunked up yeah. because there's, there's so many factors to anxiety yeah. and there's so much, there are so many things that you and I and, and, Dr. K and Dr. Molly do that actually help treat anxiety that I don't think people have any idea that we can do that. It's not their first instinct is like, oh, I have anxiety. Let's go to the chiropractor. Right. But how many patients do you see that have anxiety?
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. It's like the majority.
0: It is the majority.
1: Like 70% maybe. And maybe it's more. Maybe it's just it m- every human. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you're a human. Yeah. You, if you're yeah. alive today, <laughs> you're you have alive. alive today,
0: so
1: <laughs> I think that's pretty much true, right? Because like we have all of our survival needs met. Like I've been really interested in mm. like Maslow's hierarchy of needs lately. Like just really fascinated with that idea because we have all the basic things.
0: Met. Maslow's hierarchy.
1: Maslow, It's like a, he's a, he was a psychologist. Like he laid out like the, the pyramid of like human needs basically. You know what I'm talking about. So like, do you know what they are? So like, not all of them, but like the base is like physio physiological, you know. So food, Food. water, shelter, just very basic, and then it just like works its way up to like, so from that to, um, uh, you know, community, uh, and loved ones, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and then like at the top is like purpose. It's like in like a basic sense, it's like, like what are your personal physiological needs then what are your personal needs in terms of who you're around and your environment and then the top would be like um like quote unquote fulfillment well right like you know it is pursuing interesting. something bigger than yourself
0: it is interesting what you say like if you don't have those basic things right food water and shelter it makes your life very simple exactly so you now that's t- all you got to worry about They have these three things right and right. I was actually just talking to my wife about it. I grew up watching the Andy Griffith show. I don't know if you've ever watched Andy mm-hmm. Griffith. It's a little town in Mayberry. It's in North Carolina. And, you know, everything's small and simple. You know, there's an operator on the telephone and she connects all the calls. If somebody's on the phone, the other person can be on there. There was no cell phone, there was no technology, and it was just a very simple time. And my wife's asking me which would be the time to live if you got to choose it. And I think that might be the time. It's like the That's right. We've it's like the fifties, right? Yeah, right, right. Fifties, sixties, where yeah. life but just it felt like it hit the sweet spot.
1: Of like the sweet spot of like technology yes. and comfort to yes. simplicity. Technology right. and yeah.
0: comfort made life so much better. Yeah. <laughs> to yes,
1: that we want technology, but it's like all this comfort comes at a cost, right? Like it's something we talk about with your brother all the time. And it will be what much what kills us. Yeah. It, right. We'll just get more and more integrated with technology. Yeah, It's like it'll just become,
0: you know. You won't be able to separate it. from it. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. That's a whole other dander. That is. Well, you don't need to <laughs> where, go down there. Where were we though? What led to that?
0: Well, uh, we where about? I was trying to get to was your first day at this office. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we that was wild. Were, well, we were talking about how you got here. And yeah. then once you got here, it was the week yeah. that they shut down the entire yeah. United States. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I just
1: remember it so vividly. Your first was so week wild.
0: was March 2020?
1: Uh, it was like the second or third week of March. It was literally the first week of the official lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Which was crazy, dude. It was like, I was in the Grand Canyon, rafting the Grand Canyon. And we got, we heard about like rumors of it. Of through, COVID, yes, through like a um, like a satellite phone that gets like really basic. That's messages. right, because
0: you were off the grid for like a month, dude.
1: Yes, and at one point we were around a campfire and we were like, "Man, wouldn't it be crazy like if when we got back, like there was some zombie apocalypse?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get off the river, and you know, early COVID, we didn't, you didn't know what was gonna happen. No one knew how bad it was gonna be. Right? It, it was. It was, crazy, it was a crazy time. It yeah. was very crazy, and um. Yeah, first week, first week of work, and you guys had scheduled a lot for me, and ch- chiropractic offices and medical offices, for the most part, were staying open, and I think, which I think was a great choice, because it's, you know, much better for them to be in here than the hospital. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a crazy time, but we got through it. I felt like we all, like, Crossroads weathered that storm so well, and Fort Wayne, in general, is like, a good place to be, I thought. Yep. And, um, yeah, what was that, like, 15 employees ago? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. How many employees do we have total now? So I think when I started, we had like four.
0: So we have seventeen now. <laughs> if you're counting our farmers,
1: you gotta count everybody, right? Yeah. Now.
0: Yeah. I count them. Yeah, definitely. It's just a weird thing to count as an employee in yeah. a chiropractor yeah. office.
1: Yeah. What well, man? I'm so excited to interview you and just like get into <laughs> all that. You know, because I'm just like it's pretty cool how it's all these things are coming together. We'll
0: do that the next time cuz yeah. there might be some things that uh you don't even know. Yeah. I but we've hung out a lot and you know, you know, you were there from the beginning. You've been a doctor here now for
1: Yeah, so March will be 3 years. Right.
0: So, yeah. I've had my own business for five, a little over 5, right. And I was a chiropractor so before that. So you were that,
1: only in that office for 2 years
0: before you came yeah.
1: Man, that's crazy. Yep. Like you, like, you completely reached capacity in that office in two years.
0: Very quickly. Um, COVID kind of did it. Mm. So, um, I had a decent amount of people come into the office, but it wasn't crazy. It was, I think, the first few weeks that we were open, I saw maybe 50 people. And I see 150 now a week. Yeah. It, it was crazy pretty steady at like 75, 80 people a week. That's what With, I've been at for a while. Which is about what you yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened and life got real weird and it was really actually helpful for us. One, because um, we kind of rubbed our, I kind of said no early to the things that we see now that are, that were probably foolish. So yeah. I said no to a lot of things that, that was uncomfortable to say no then. And there were a lot of people that needed a place that was able to stand up for them medically when yeah. people were getting walked over medically. For sure. And so I think that was part of the reason. And people started taking their health pretty seriously. And I think you yeah, started to see that where people are coming to the doctor who usually wouldn't and be like, yeah, yeah I think I might have this pre-existing condition or I want to make sure that I don't, you know. Do this or this or this, yeah. and so that's kind of just boomed us to where yeah, we're at now. I agree, and that's a that's a good thing we've that's got very good. we've got a heavy weight on our shoulders though with that. I don't know if you feel that oh I do, yeah, the responsibility that um, we now have as far as truth tellers of what's going on in medicine and trying to to change the model of a doctor who will actually care and listen to you, so I don't. I don't know if you can. i I'm always interested in asking a doctor. So if you were a patient, what questions should I ask you to get the most out of you, the doctor? I've thought about that a lot. So if I'm I'm coming in and be a patient of Dr. Tom, I need to come in and give you my life's history in a short amount of time. And I need to give you enough clues to try to figure out what's going on what questions do I ask Tom so that I can get the best Tom there is
1: for me it's just a patient who cares about their health and their situation and you know they're not just looking for a quick easy fix if I can sense th- th- that that person is just here to get some long-term you know results and take care of it mm. you know and uh, they care about their health and like I'll be engaged I'll be
0: so I'll be invested if somebody's got some skin in the game or yeah. wants some responsibility yeah. as far as their healing
1: goes. You just always know when you have a patient that is kind of here out of like boredom or maybe it's just like their pain just bothers them enough to motivate them to come in. But they want it to be easy. They don't really want to be educated. Yeah. Um, you know, they just and I get it. I, I get it. Like, like I, th- I think about it like how I, when I take my car to like the mechanic, you know. It's like, I don't, I don't go in there and I'm just like, tell me everything about my car, you know, (laughs) tell me everything, educate me, you know, tell me how to fix my car at home, you know, (laughs) that's not why I go, I go because I'm just like busy and I don't understand cars well, it's like not a part of my knowledge base, I take it in, I want them to just take care of it, I drive it home and that's it, you know, and I just think that's the way a lot of people think about their health and it's just so hard for like medical providers to accept that and it's especially hard for like natural providers because like, such a big part of our passion and our mm. life is like about just like appreciating the beauty of the body and just like, I mean, that's just like, that is like, that's the most beautiful thing to me in the world. Right. Is just the human body. So when people come in and they just have no respect or love for it, I just get angry. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just big, just like probably how a mechanic would get annoyed with me. Right. If I went in and I'm like, like, I don't, garbage. I don't, I don't know No, fix it. I don't know what it is. Like it's just making a weird sound, you know, it's the same exact thing. So, I don't judge people for it, but I will say, right, like if you wanted to get the most out of me or, or any good provider, I think is just to come in with, um, you know, with an attitude that you don't know everything about your body, you know, and if you did, you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And um, just, yeah, just to be interested and ask questions and we'll try and listen and tell and listen to your story, you know. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts.
0: Well, I have some patients that really get the best out of me and I have some patients that don't. Yeah, and I've thought about that, like why was that interaction better than others? Sure. And I think my answer is somewhat similar to yours, but it's really just like if someone comes in eagerly trying to understand the root cause of what's going on with them, so yeah. that they can do everything in their power to make sure that it goes away. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. when Someone has that. Definitely. You're like, you oh tell. man, I don't.
1: It gets you fired up immediately. Right? I will help like, you. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will go over
0: time with you i'll charge you less i'll do anything I can. that's crazy
1: that's so true like if only people knew that you know but it's like it's up to them to sort of ignite that passion in in your provider
0: don't i don't think people know that i don't think people know i think people think as soon as i walk into the doctor's office the interaction is out of my control sure and it's up to the physician now to fix and figure out and find out what's going on. Totally, yeah. And I think if patients walked into a doctor's office with a, with a different mindset, and that is, how can I get the best doctoring advice out of this doctor today? How can I yeah. help him or her do the best job that they can? Yeah. That would totally change how, uh, it would change healthcare if we all just decided to do that.
1: You said something to me once It was like, they just like the best nerd inspiration ever. It's like oh, something no. about like, uh, like you're not you're not their um, master, but you're their. Um, what was it? It was a Star Wars quote, Caleb. What it was. was. It?
0: Uh, we were walking down downtown Fort Wayne.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember.
0: So, I. People are looking for you to. Not be the hero of their yes, story, that's right. but to be the master of their story. You're not the Luke Skywalker. You are the Yoda. Right? They are the Luke Skywalker. And I think that patients flip that around. They come in and they see you as the Luke Skywalker. You're right. the doctor. Right. You're the guy. You're the man. You all the answers, and you are going to be the one that fixes me. And the, you're right. The patients that really do the best are the ones that understand I'm the man. I am the man. In this scenario, I am the patient, I am the person, I have to be the man. How do I listen to the Yoda over here and and be a better man or a better woman or whatever it
1: is? Right, yeah, you're right, because sometimes you you can sense, like, when someone is doing something just for you as a provider. Yeah. And I'm like, don't do it for me. (laughs) It doesn't matter to me, you know? I care about you, but do it for you, you know? It's your life, right? It's your body, your health. It's like the thing too is like you can't learn if you're talking.
0: That's also you know? very true. That's,
1: I guess I just want patients to know that like you cannot learn if you are talking, and that goes both ways, right? It like, does. We have to listen to you, but then when we talk, listen, right? Because I just find like so many people, and maybe I got to work on, you know, that's a skill set to that, right? To teaching, right? We're all guilty. Uh, yeah, of we're all that. guilty of that. But it's like, you know, I just feel like so many people just talk and talk and talk to their doctors. They just want to tell them everything, pour out their guts. And then when the doc tries to give advice and educate them, they don't listen. Correct. It's like, it's so, that is like, I mean, you you get any doctor in the world in here and that will be their biggest frustration. Yeah. It's a
0: real good way for me to not care. Yes. As the doctor.
1: As soon as you just see them zone out, it's like, okay, you're not here to learn. You're just kind of here to pass
0: time. You're here for some, uh, course. Yeah. Chiropractic Advil.
1: Exactly. Yes. Lay down. Let me
0: crack it. Right.
1: Which is part of the, part of the thing. It is.
0: And I, I think of a Bible verse that Jesus said, and it runs in my brain all the time. Um, and it is those who have ears, let them hear. And there are so many people who don't have ears to hear. Someday they may change, yeah. but they don't. Dr. Gaeta, who you and I are in class with together, he says all the time, there are two types of people in this world, doomed and not doomed. Right. And if you're a doomed person, you need to do everything you can to figure out why and change that. Right. And those doomed people don't learn. They don't right. listen.
1: Well, it's so hard to keep that at the forefront of our mind and not make judgments on people before we educate. Yep. You know, to not say, oh, this person's not gonna care. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell them a good thing, you know, because you don't know. You know, you don't know. I've gotten that wrong. Dude, all yeah, times. dude. Sometimes I'll have a patient, I'm like, man, this is gonna be a disaster. Like, this is, we're not gonna get along, they're not gonna get better. And then they turn into the best patient, and we get along great. And it's like this weird chemistry that was not there, and then they they have great results, and they refer, and I was like, wow, I was way off, you know?
0: I've had to eat some humble pie on that one where I've had a patient, like, seen them for years, and they went to another doctor, and their other doctor, like, advised them on nutrition or maybe Taking a supplement of turmeric to decrease inflammation, and they come back and like, yeah, I started doing that. I got really better, and I'm like, I never (laughs) said that to you because I knew you would never do it. Yeah, I'm like, well, guess I was
1: wrong. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was that was your that was your problem. That was my problem. Yeah, I I read an awesome uh, little passage from Chop Wood, Carry Water. Have you read that book? No. I love the title already. It's great. So yeah, you would like that. (laughs) So like, it just, just like really quickly. It's like, basically there's like architecture is big in Japan and there was this guy architecture, the best architect in Japan. And he, he was retiring and the company was like, Hey, can you just build us one more house? And the guy was like, geez, fine. I'll do one more. So he builds this house, but just half asses it. It just like kind of throws it together. His, His heart wasn't in it. And he's like, never made a bad house. He gets done with the house goes to retire. They give him the keys to the house. It was his, the uh. company was building his house for him. Right. And it's a, not a piece of shit, but it's like not nice, <laughs> yes. you know, not to his, you know what I mean? And it was just like, I just, it just hits you. Right. It's like, I guess how I perceived that was like, you know, what if, uh, you know, what if you were treating a patient and you, you weren't given it your all and then you found out that it was like a blood relative, you know, I guess that that's the best way I could kind of equate it. Cause like when you treat a blood relative, or just someone you really care about. You just you really give yourself you mm-hmm. give your all you give your all, you know, you're really present. You know, you're just your best self as a doctor. And it's like, you know, how do we do that for every single patient? You know, regardless of our first judgment. This is very hard. It
0: is hard. It's hard to, to be on at all yeah, times. It is really hard. But there is something that's morally decaying of not trying your hardest. Exactly. No matter what it is and you're doing. Because you know.
1: They might not know, they might feel it, but Correct. you always know when you didn't, I didn't try give my your best. Heartless. Yeah.
0: That is an icky feeling.
1: It is, man. It's tough. It's a tough thing. And it's just like all about endurance, I think, right? Because it's like for you, like the amount of people that you see, like you didn't start that way. No. You know, and it's like if you were just thrown into that your second year out, you would not have been able to to give the quality that you do. No. But just through practice, you're able to see the amount of people you see and like, you know, you just become more efficient and, you know, whatever, more experienced through time.
0: Well, um, we talked about that yesterday, but uh, I'll repeat a Mark Kingism, and he talks about um, there's unconscious incompetence, right? Yeah. There's conscious incompetence, then there's conscious competence, and then unconscious competence. And what he's trying to say there is, at first you don't know what you don't know, and then when you're learning something, there you get to a point to where you're like, oh, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. but you're aware of how incompetent you are. and That's,
1: that's, that's how I feel right now with functional medicine. And that is yeah. absolutely where you are. Yeah.
0: It is so frustrating. frustrating, and it's where everybody <laughs> quits that's anything.
1: Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: And then you get to the point to where you get to conscious competence. You are all of a sudden a skilled at your craft, but you still are taking every bit of brain power to do it, Right. and it's really hard. And you just got to stay there. And I am finally—I'm ten years in, yeah—starting to get to the point where I'm almost unconsciously competent. Yes,
1: right. But it's, it's like you have to force yourself occasionally to when I get something get wrong. back outside of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. And then oh shoot, okay, I gotta, you know. But
0: I—it's funny because somebody will come in with a shoulder issue. They'll s- describe it in two or three sentences, and I will know exactly. Yeah. Why? Because I've seen this now yeah. 900 times. Right. Yeah. And so before you have to go through all these orthopedic tests and you have to go, and I'm starting to get there with functional medicine
1: where it's like, oh, I know exactly what to do with you. Doesn't that kill you? And like, you know, immediately, but yes. then they, they keep talking for 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I've known what this is for so long. Yes. You gotta hear them out though.
0: You gotta hear them out. But you're like, yes, yeah. I actually knew what you, uh, what the problem was about 10 minutes ago. So yeah. let's yeah. fix it.
1: I lo- I love your question though in the beginning about how to get more out of your doctor. That's great because I mean, m- most people who listen to this podcast are, are patients, right? And and it's so good for them to know how do I how do I like help my doctor be their best because we're we're just human, right? We and we don't always perform perfectly, you know. And I femic. never
0: thought about that question until I was a doctor, yeah. which I was a patient before I was a doctor. You know, yeah. I never yeah. once thought right. about that, but now I just I hope more people think about it because we all have to have an interaction with the physician. Definitely. Whether you are one or you not.
1: Know, it's kind of a dance between like you taking control of your health, but also trusting them, you know, and it's kind mm. of this, this, it's a kind of a, a a give, a give pull. Yeah. Know? Because you, yeah. Cause I don't, you know, you don't like it when the patient comes in and they just take over everything and they just act like they know everything. It's my least favorite patient. It's very frustrating, you know, but and then, then you flip the coin, people come in and they just have no, um, no um, accountability, I guess.
0: Yeah. You know. That accountability, the responsibility, the skin in the game thing, I think is what yes. sets us apart at this office and what we expect from our patients. We are wellness center. I can't do this for you. Right. Right. I, right. You have to do your own push-ups. We can't do them for you. Yep. And that, I, I think more and more people intrinsically know that that is true. And now they're starting to behave as if it is true. And that's why functional medicine or wellness care or holistic medicine is getting a little bit more legs, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. So you had talked earlier that you think the most beautiful thing, most mesmerizing thing is the human body. Yeah. And this is a guy, ladies and gentlemen, who grew up in Alaska, probably the most beautiful place on earth, one of. I think so. So... Your, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I think hopefully you agree with him. Mm-hmm. The thing that struck you first with the beauty of the human body was probably similar to what struck me first, and that is mu- movement, mm-hmm. right? And then I don't think people understand at all how Dude, no. unbelievably complex movement is. No, what
1: it's like, <laughs> it's can, like, it's so
0: can you try? Can you yeah, try yeah, to take definitely nine years of movement study? and the yeah. beauty of that and put that in
1: layman's terms. Yeah. Yes, I can try. Let's see it. I think that the the quote or the phrase that I like the most in terms of movement is use it or lose it. Okay. That I think I use that most for educating patients. Because people just cannot grasp the idea that if you don't move your body in a variety of ways, you will lose that ability. Right. So, like, like, t- like tilting the head backward is a great example. You just don't see people do that very often. Nope. They don't let their head tilt back and look up, right? And so, some. So I check on everyone. Right. They come in. I, I, I palpate, you know, check the joints. I tilt their head backward. And some people hate it. Oh, like, <laughs> like they're like shoulders clench. You know, they feel a pinch maybe, or they feel pain. Or if someone's really in rough shade, they have, like, pain down the arm, right? And so there's, like, some problem solving there clinically that goes on. But, like, just explain to people. It's like, okay, like, you have this block, right, in this motion. Like, the only way to restore that and to keep it is to move in that direction. Mm. You know? It's just, it's, 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 like, unavoidable.
0: Do you find it hard to get patients to do something that's painful? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. For Sure. And, and I, I've definitely, uh, n- after practicing now, I, I have people go into pain way less, mm. way less, keep it pain free because most of the time, because, because partly because going into painful tissue, I think is usually counterproductive, but just because people will not do it. Mm. So I would rather you move in um, a pain-free range and slowly expand that range. Even if that
0: range is significantly lower Even if than it's what you less,
1: want. Yes, yes. I think that it's just a better way to make progress. You know, like with the knees, with the back, with the neck. You know, and the neck especially, right? Because pain in the neck, it is not fun. It really, like, you just you feel it in your whole body. It's probably the most debilitating. Yeah. of all of the pains, it's that horrible. horrible. skeletal wise dude, I'll tell you, I hurt my big toe recently, and. For anyone listening who has hurt their big toe, I could I have a whole other level of sympathy and come in if you have someone or you have a friend or an athlete or someone like especially like um, like high school athletes mm. you know who hurt their their big toe like turf toe like football or soccer, it's horrible. We just don't realize you know we could do a whole podcast you know you could do a whole book on just the big toe right so we don't need to get into it. But I guess I'm just saying like you know when I was uh, when I'm I'm rehab I'm still rehabbing it right now but um, I was like just like I was just jamming it. I was just like, I was taking it and I was just like forcing it. I was like, get better, get better. And I was like, I was pushing it into pain, pushing my joint into pain. And I was talking to, to uh, Dr. Puaska and Dr. Joe, right? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, dude, like just move it, but keep it pain free, you know? And I, I, of course I know that, but it was my injury and I just <laughs> forgot. And so I was just re-aggravating it. Patient and, Tom Yeah, forgot. yeah, exactly. And I was just making it worse, you know? And so just, I had to be reminded, you know, it's like, okay, I have this inflamed, angry joint Uh, And I just need to move it pain-free to get blood flow. I think people don't understand that. Like when you move a joint, you create blood flow. And the only way, the only way, okay, the only way you keep your joints healthy long and short term is through movement. Yeah. It doesn't matter how well you eat. It doesn't matter what type of mattress you sleep on. It does not matter. You, (laughs) You have to move all of your joints, every single joint, in a variety of ways, if you want to maintain the health of those joints. And then if you want them to be strong and durable, then you have to add weight and load load to those joints. That's a different conversation, right? We should have Joe in to talk about that. And that's really important. You know, if you want to be robust, if you want to age with strength, and this is something I'm going through with my mom, you know, she just will not lift weights and she's losing muscle mass quickly Mm -hmm. and bone density. And it's like the only way that you keep your body strong is through stress, through physical stress, through load, you know, but before that, in my opinion, comes just mobility is just understanding, um, you know, just moving all of your joints and just getting into it. The habit like daily of like, okay, bending my back backward, you know, moving my shoulder backward, moving my toes. You know what I'm saying? Like just getting into yeah. the habit of like checking all of your body. Cause I think that like, that's like the biggest thing that I've found in my, few years of practice so far is just how wildly disconnected people are from their bodies. It's just like their body has just become kind of this, like this, this big cumbersome tomb that they kind of lug around, you know, and then you don't realize that when you move your body, you get so much more feedback from all of your joints. Like you just get uh, really, really aware of every little part of your body. I always think about like an octopus because octopus are crazy animals. Like, mm did you know like the octopus are all kind of like their own brain? Did you know that? No. It's wild. Like each octopus tentacle, oh, that's what I meant to say. Each tentacle is like their brain. Because of the nerves that are in it? But it's like, yeah, exactly. And and like they all like in a way, each tentacle can sort of operate independently. Isn't that wild? So it's like, I kind of think about that like in our body. Like our body is just an extension of the brain. It's all, you know, it's all just a way to, sense the environment and then react, you know? So basically my point is like the more you move, the more life that you get to experience and the less pain that you have to deal with. And the more that you get to do and enjoy, you know, your environment. Yeah. I think know? people
0: are going to listen to this and know very clearly that you love movement.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> Cause it's what? just what it's everything. It is. You can't, you can't pick up your coffee to drink without movement. Right. And it's just, it's everything.
0: And I think you said it right. I think a ubiquitous human feature is the desire to age well. Yes, and 100%. We have keys that help us age well, but a lot of us don't do them. And you were using words like movement, but I think mean, if somebody goes and picks up the foot authorities book or, um, what they changed the title to it, right? Human locomotion by Thomas Michaud. Because we get a lot. You and I got a lot of our nuggets of movement from there. Mm-hmm. How unbelievably important are the proprioceptors inside of the joints? Because not only are you generating blood flow, but you're also like stimulating neurologic input to your brain. Right? That's right. That that what are we, that's the efferent pathway, right? Afferent. Afferent pathway. So mm-hmm. so we're stimulating the nerves that go to the central nervous system. And not only does that help you maintain movement, but it is an analgesic. It is decreasing of That's pain. Right. That's right. And so go sit on the couch or sit in front of a computer for four decades. Oh, you want a yeah, good so recipe like, for not aging. Well. So like,
1: and like in so many words, what you just said is that when you stop moving, your brain will decay. Yeah. You understand oh, what I'm saying? And that's the thing. If
0: we look at Alzheimer's rates in this yeah. country right now, that is that's a so, dangerous think about statement. It, think
1: about it this way too, right? Like, what if you took a baby and for the first two years of life you um, sh- strapped the baby down? I mean, that's, such a, that's it. such a more, more okay swaddle. That's, that's, a much, <laughs> that's a much better word to visualize this. So, like, yeah, like you swaddle the baby for their whole life, Didn't let them move. You feed them. You know, you could, you know, you feed. They have a, a healthy existence. Other than that, they will be mentally retarded. No way. Yeah, because the, the, the movement how, the, is a, that's a huge part of brain development, mm-hmm. and it, and it still is for adults too. Like I, like the uh, there's great research for Alzheimer's and exercise. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean we could just rant about it all day, um, but uh, that's 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 definitely I think that's like you said that was, I think what got me into uh, the body and health and medicine science the first. Because I was just so ADHD as a kid, and movement just like saved me, you know. Like mm-hmm. I just always just like like all kids, we just like all kids just want to be running around, just breaking stuff, interacting, you know, like <laughs> jumping, playing, wrestling, you know. It's like that's just like uh, and and like I think like what is the quote? It's like one of my favorite quotes. Uh, like we don't grow old because uh, or what, what is it? What is it, Caleb? Um, we don't. We don't. Um, stop playing because we grow old we grow old because we stop playing mm-hmm. and that's the, that is so scientifically true you know you don't get stiff because you get old you get old because you get stiff and you stop moving
0: and okay. man that's t- just really so true but we really watch people do the opposite they they start hurting so they move yes. less yes so they hurt more and so they move
1: less. It's a vicious cycle. They get stuck. Absolutely. And I sympathize for that. And I would say that if you, if you have pain, I really encourage you to see somebody, to see a professional, you know, whether it's a chiropractor, a physical therapist, a trainer, you know, but just someone who is not going to just say, um, uh, okay, here's Advil. You should probably go for a walk. That's all that they do. Most doctors, that's all they say. You know, I hear it all day. Here's a muscle relaxer. Here's a steroid. Here's pain med know, and you should probably go for a walk. It's like, go see someone who understands movement, you know.
0: And probably at a more deeper level than that. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. I don't think most doctors understand pain. I agree. And that is a crazy concept. Right. Because pain is what makes people go to the doctor. Right, right. The yeah. primary reason for going to a physician is something hurts. Yeah. And so I'm going to the doctor. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think they understand pain. I think that's one of the um, consequences of what we've done with specializing in medicine. You go specialize yeah. and I'm just going to be a cardiologist. And you're like, well, do you know where pain comes from or how it's per- perceived in the body? And, and and I don't know that they do. Right. That was one of the unique things about you and I's education is that that was a pretty hefty part of it that was understanding pain
1: yeah definitely
0: and I you gave me a book and it is I'm going to yeah. read that book this year the
1: the world of hurt yeah 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 I've been working through it for a while
0: and that I've read the first chapter and I had to take a break I know I know
1: because it's so dense it was it was hard to yeah, you gotta like that digest that like one paragraph at a time, basically. <laughs> it was it
0: was very difficult. Yeah, but I'm that's on my. I've got a reading spot in my house now. Nice. I've got a chair and a lamp, and I'm gonna read that book. It is on my list. That's have, awesome. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll try and dig into it as well, and we can uh, we can ch- we can chat about it. We should dedicate a whole podcast just to pain. Uh, that pain. Be, that would
0: be great. Uh, everyone would be interested in that, and there's a lot of people who've written on it, and it is a very complex and hidden issue
1: i'm always how much of life is motivated by pain you know it's like the only two reasons people do something is like for a desire or for avoiding a pain Uh most people come in here because they're trying to avoid a pain right and then as soon as we get them some relief they think oh the problem's fixed but it's like man that problem has been brewing for so long and the pain was just the very tip of the iceberg right pain is just the very surface there's all this stuff underneath it that you have to address you know i think that's and that's how you, you you help people get that long term yeah. result
0: you know that pain is usually the last guy at the party right mm-hmm. right it's exactly. a whole bunch of dysfunction before he comes around yeah exactly all right you got anything else you got like five minutes before your next patient
1: oh, that was great i um <laughs> oh i just want to say too um just whoever's listening i um i have a baby due yeah uh, in february my, my wife's due uh, with our first yep in february and uh so i'm dialing back my hours a little bit um and so i just wanted to you Give people a heads up that I'm not, you know, going anywhere. I just like, just need to, uh, just need to, kind of prioritize family for a little while. And, and I, the, the hours that I'm here, I'm gonna just give super high quality and, and hopefully do some other things too in terms of the podcast and maybe some group classes. And mm-hmm. you know, I just would like definitely maybe treating a little bit less, but definitely still trying to uh, do a lot at Crossroads. And your
0: your wife is a nurse practitioner, yeah,
1: PA. Yeah, sorry, yep, physician yep, assistant. Yep, she's a PA.
0: And she's still going to work part-time? That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. That's, so you that's, guys are going to kind of both both tag team child care here. Right. right. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. You're in yeah. for a yeah. whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. All right. That was the Crossroads with Dr. Tom. All right.